0: This season, we're sponsored by Conduit Studios. Marcel, how's the technology going for you?
1: Uh, I don't know about you, Elise, but I am stressed out about tech on top of everything else in this fucking pandemic. Agreed. Conduit Studios
0: is a production company that specializes in high-quality video and audio capture for creatives,
1: run by musicians who understand your artistic needs. They offer high-quality, dynamic, multi-camera performance capture, which is perfect for concerts, auditions, live streams, and more. They are in an affordable and accessible way to elevate your digital presence.
0: You can enjoy a low-stress, relaxed environment to record in so you can focus on your art, and they'll take care of the rest. Conduit Studios is based in
1: Southern California, but they service many clients nationwide. Visit ConduitStudiosMedia.com for more information or to schedule a session.
0: Welcome to My So-Called Opera Life, a podcast for opera singers by opera singers, where we work to connect, inform, empower,
1: and inspire musicians at all levels and stages of their career. Each episode, will explore a piece of the never-ending puzzle of the so-called opera life. Humble brags and therapeutic complaints, as well as practical information about how this business works. Each piece helping you on your journey towards success, which we believe should really mean happiness. happiness. I'm Marcel. And I'm
0: Elise. And we're two sopranos trying to live our best so called opera, opera lives. Well, I'm excited for our listeners to hear the episode that we have to introduce today with Osea.
1: Yes, it was so great to talk with Joseph Latanzi and Patricia Wesley from Osea. Elise, you were the one who found them on social media out of the two of us. So why don't you give our audience a little taste of what it is that they've been up to? Definitely. I
0: stumbled upon them. Four singers started this company. So also Alyssa Martin and Marcus Shields are part of OSIA team. And I stumbled upon them like on social media, I think. And they're producing a lot of like innovative content that's like accessible and fun around opera. And I just, I was like, I loved it. And what actually I, what I think I saw first was something that they're like they call like fuck is fake it's like mm. singers like singing whatever whatever they want and just like who cares and fuck is fake you can sing whatever you want and i just love that and just their content is really high quality i think it's it's excellent and i also then so then of course i i follow them and i go and i like look at their website and i'm i'm like what is going on they are trying to create like just culture around opera so they call it like op culture which i love
1: <laughs> I love that, like play. I will say when we spoke with them, that play on words was a little lost on me. But now I hear it as a play on pop culture, op culture. Yeah. So just for anyone else who's is a, a little mentally slow like me with stuff like that, <laughs> it's a great pun, and I love this idea that they have of creating, a fun and playful. You know, a culture around opera, like pop culture does. It's like we take this stuff that's super serious and then also say, like, well, how do we have fun with this it's to give us new context with which to explore what's happening in the world around us?
0: Right. Creating an opportunity to talk about anything. They don't, they don't keep it like restricted to anything. It's like they talk about the stories, they talk about the fabulous singers, they talk about different companies putting on things. Like they, they do everything and it's just around just culture. They have like a question an answer kind of thing with opera singers. They're just trying a bunch of different innovative like ways of getting people to get inside of right. what opera does, what it is, what it could be and and it's really cool. I really I really yeah. love talking to them about their perspectives on how to take down barriers, right? And how to experiment. Yeah, and they were talking about they so it's a pandemic company and they started because they didn't see a whole lot of great content coming out um, in the digital realm that really highlighted the awesome things about opera. Right. And they say, like, over and over, like, they just, they love opera. And, like, I want everybody to love opera. And I think that's, like, every singer, I feel like. It's like,
2: right, and
1: people like this? Right. And I love that they're, I love that they're taking... I, you know, it's so easy for us to like wag our fingers at the industry and be like more people need to love opera and the industry is failing to help people love opera. But really it's on each of every one of us to be, and I also hate this language, but ambassadors for the art form, right. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, but part of being a good ambassador for the art form is being able to be creative and explorative and not, you know, just keep regurgitating the same kind of elitist tropes that exist right now and you know they're they're taking they're taking matters into their own hands and I love that initiative yes. and love their creativity. Right.
0: I, I I'm so
1: excited for you guys to listen to this opera. What opera? I'm so
0: excited for you to listen to this episode and <laughs> Life is opera, Elise. Life opera <laughs> And get some ideas and like I mean I then I, I came up with like a million ideas on when we the interviewed that. <laughs> So enjoy this episode with Osea. Oh, well thank you again for coming. I'm so excited to talk with you. I've been I always creep on Instagram and try to find <laughs> like content that is and people that are speaking out and doing stuff in opera culture and I saw you guys through I think the the what the fuck thing oh yeah,
3: yeah. fuck is fake yeah. fuck is,
0: is fake exactly and i was like oh who are these people i love <laughs> what their mission is like i have to follow them and like see what happens so i'm, I'm really excited you guys are on here and tell us a little bit about osia
4: we're glad to be here the way i think about it i mean it's 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 fun because we're all friends we're four friends who like started this in in pandemic time but OSEA is kind of our like little collective, our company, and and we have offshoots that are different projects. And so opculture is sort of the public-facing social media, YouTube land, content-based version of, of OSEA's mission. And we also do some production and some thinking about the future and mm-hmm. you know, some some singing here and there too.
2: I guess yeah. some consulting too. <laughs> Some consulting as well, that's true. Yeah. And what made you guys start this whole thing? Great question. I think, well, we started in the pandemic. We started about a year ago exactly, we decided to rent a cabin in the woods in Brevard, North Carolina. And we had spoken for weeks before. And actually I had met Joseph once and I'd never met Alyssa, but Marcus, obviously best friends with Joseph and Joseph best friends with Alyssa. So then we all got together, like never, me never really knowing anybody, and <laughs> just like had like this mind meld for however many weeks was it a month, like, and just.
4: It was, yeah, it was like six weeks.
2: Yeah. And just we all, you know, with the pandemic, we all lost contracts and just we had this empty space to finally devote to something. And we were like, what is wrong? What have we been frustrated with? Like, where is there a need? Like, we can fill it. We know we can if we put our minds to it. Definitely.
4: Uh, I mean, I would definitely, you know, it's something that interpersonally we've been talking about with each other. You know, public and private frustrations with how opera as an industry functions for a long time. And so once we had the time to, I don't want to group it into like only pandemic project because right. it's, I, I do feel like it's a need. Long it's time a, coming. Serving something that's, a, yeah, that's been needed for a long time. It gave us the opportunity for sure, and yeah. our little creative cabin was fun.
0: <laughs> was there a particular kind of reason that the four of you, like, was one person kind of the initiator of it, and each of you has a certain skill, or are you just friends, or, <laughs> or you have the same gripe, or like...
4: I guess, I mean, we've interacted in so many different ways, and we each have sort of varied backgrounds. Marcus used to sing, and he's trained in and has degrees and everything, and he's transitioned recently into directing. And so I think for us, he sort of, I mean, for me, certainly, <laughs> he is the one who operates the cameras and <laughs> says what looks good and stuff like that. Yeah, Alyssa and I have worked together a long time. We worked, actually, Arizona Opera we met and and it was a similar similar gripe situation you just want Mm -hmm. more from everyone you know like it's so much cooler than we're doing I feel like I always say to people opera is doing a really bad job of selling itself because it's like the coolest thing in the world but you can't get anyone to pay attention to it i don't know and
2: born out of like honestly a love too like we all love and yeah. have devoted our lives to it and we right. care so much about it and so we're like this is underserved this is under communicated like we need to start the project of communication like today because it's gonna die if we don't start it or like you know Kick the ball down the road or whatever joseph says <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah yeah we have these like we had these documents that we had zoom meetings in preparation and we have these documents of like you know ideas and we all like did homework and submitted proposals for digital content things and so part of that process was coming together and deciding what was feasible as you know getting started uh what were Good, viable, easy-ish uh, projects to to get on immediately, and what gets kicked down the road a little bit.
2: Wait, wait. I love Marcus isn't here today, but he he always talks about the way that skate, the love, and the cultural prevalence of skateboarding started and how it was like this super, super niche thing that like was only sort of done in LA and Southern California. And then how it's just you know, now it's in the Olympics. And he said a lot of that, or he noticed the trend was on YouTube and how people communicated their love and their passion for it on YouTube. And it just became this global community of skateboarders. And it's like, if they can do that with skateboarding, like we can figure out how to do that for opera, you know, something that's been around for hundreds of years and is just infinitely interesting and related to our humanity.
0: Oh, my God. Is right. opera going to be in the Olympics? In 20? Is that what you're saying? I mean, <laughs> I mean.
4: I'm personally very for the sportification of opera like mm-hmm. versus the artification, I feel like. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: so interesting. That's a really good point. I love that. I, I
4: think we get in dangerous territory when we're – I don't like the language like – we're making art we you know here we are again making art like (laughs) uh, it's a little self-congratulatory it's a little something and but I feel like the thing that maybe to a general public you know to people who who aren't introduced to it in the way that we are we're like psycho niche about it right the thing about it is that it's so crazy it's a crazy stupid human trick yeah and it yeah almost impossible to talk about and but right that's why it's so hard to sell right
1: you gotta
3: figure out a way to talk about it yeah I, I
1: mean I just think about like you know that you're saying that I, I just think about the fact that my father who's a sick who was a singer his whole life like knew op, what opera was knew I was studying opera and like came they came to see me in my first main stage production and like I mentioned to him you know how there was no amplification yeah and he was like wait what <laughs> and I was like yeah like we're all singing without amplification over this 55 piece orchestra and he was like you're kidding Mm -hmm. (laughs) i was like he had like somehow that piece of information never got related and i think that's the one that always like blows people's minds Mm -hmm. yeah totally yeah
4: i feel like this could be its own hour-long podcast but like the, the lifestyle that in the mentality that you have to have i think it's so similar to 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 training and to athletes mm-hmm. i'm a big tennis person and so like mm-hmm. like marcus and skateboarding tennis is sort of my point of reference in in the sports world for things like that right. it's i i feel i met someone the other day and, you know they're like it must be nice to be so talented and i was like <laughs> uh, i don't know if i feel talented or just like mired in like 10 years of working at it like i don't want a medal for working at it because i like to work at it but
2: right right
4: well
2: i I just filed for unemployment again yesterday (laughs) after finishing my contract here and they added a new question to my unemployment which was are you a professional athlete and i was like oh my god i don't know how to answer that like am i and they have a little like question mark that you can click next to it and i it didn't give me any helpful information but i decided not to click it but i was really tempted.
1: we use our bodies just like an athlete does
4: one other thing that i would love to mention is like the the way that we watch sports as a like society is is so interesting now to me like i like it but i don't love it but people love it people devote their entire Mm -hmm. identities their entire schedules to like when their team's football game is going to be on like I think about my mom a lot she's where I grew up in Atlanta but she is obsessed with Alabama University of Alabama football and there's no reason for her to be obsessed (laughs) with it like she didn't go to the University of Alabama she I I don't understand it (laughs) at all but devotes so much of her time to it she knows these people's names she knows where they went to high school she knows their yeah. stats she knows the positions but it's like sort of the same thing right if you can if, if we can make people interested in the people who do opera as a as a whole and like great right you know?
0: it's so interesting actually because i'm thinking about it now and like you know we know that what people what gets people to s- sign up for something or go to something, go to the show or whatever, is that they feel, like, connected to it personally. It has to be about them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times music is, music in general, like, is not about, like, that community. It's not really about them. It's, like, come and see this story. And, like, we don't make this the right connection, the right step connection for someone to realize that it's, it does connect to them. And also, like, Mm -hmm. even, like, I do a lot of teaching. I own a teaching studio, and we're trying to really connect their music outside of just, like, learn how to play, and then realize later, like, that it made you smarter, and that's about all that it did, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs)
3: like,
0: how am I going to get you to come to shows or maybe be in shows one day, you know? Yeah. And we have to relate, like, what music is than just the physical act of playing. Like, how does it connect to people? How does it Relate. To
4: I totally agree. I think that's part of what the language about like making art or like doing art makes me, you know, bristle a little bit because like, that's not a thing. I, I mean, maybe there are some people who you can say, we have art here for you to see, like, come see our mm-hmm. art. And that's interesting enough for them. But I, I think it's more interesting if you're like, this person grew up 15 minutes down the road, like, you know, right. their family is here they're performing this role for the first time. This is a major step in their career. You know, it's things that invest you in the actual people who do the job. Right,
2: Right, right and also figure out a way to quantify you know like we all know what a touchdown is whether or not we know about the yard lines or anything like that like we know what a touchdown is we know what it looks like we know when it's good and (laughs) i mean i think um and i believe that we have to figure out right (laughs) we have to figure out a way to do that with opera you know and quantify these amazing feats or uh, we don't know the solution, but we are working on it. It's an experiment, right? I think
4: culturally, it happens, right? Like we get sort of like like through American Idol or or something like that, shows like that. America's Got Talent. You know, we get sort of like trained, breadcrumbed into knowing that Susan Boyle's voice is amazing, or you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. But it doesn't go quite far enough for our purposes, of course, because that's not opera <laughs> you know and but people love singing there are so many singing shows you know it, it's it's they like do. they
0: really yeah like,
4: everyone loves singing everyone loves these competition shows everyone loves to to engage in this in this conversation but then like the audiences at the opera houses are like 40 percent full
0: <laughs> right right so that's kind of like one of the biggest gripes that's kind of initiated this whole this whole organization was not really seeing opera companies, not really seeing a lot from them or what? Or do you think it's not connecting or do you think it's both of those things like?
3: I think
4: it's both of those things. Yeah. Yeah. And I
2: think every company sort of has its own version of neglect in this area. I just don't think enough importance is placed on it. You know, it's like marketing is really like the, you know, where the money should be going, I personally believe, and then the minds who are coming behind the ideas of the marketing, you know, need to be really on it. And I personally think that like, and this is why I think that we at at Osea have a unique take is because like, we are the artists, we know what makes this so special. And like, we're creating the content and, you know, we're learning along the way and we don't, don't have it figured out yet. But like, we believe that, you know, we have a unique voice in this. Mm -hmm. totally but
4: you know it goes back to like how how things have operated for so Mm -hmm. long you know like i i don't understand my family i grew up singing but it was just a weird fluke that i came into opera it's not like i was you know, listening to Verdi at three or something like that. But (laughs) I was just like, oh, I'm loud and this gets me attention. So I should keep doing this thing. And my family was like, that's a weird thing to do. But since I did it, they loved it and they came and, you know, now it's grown into a thing where like my grandparents have subscriptions to opera news and, you know, to opera companies and things like that, which is cool. But yeah, they never understand why they're like, so who is this person? I mean, Know, this was dangerous territory maybe but like who is this person whose name we can't p- pronounce from around the world when you grew up here and you we know that you yeah. know what i mean I,
0: yes. I feel like yes
4: the, the, the culture which is not i don't know i don't want to be too like no but it's connected
0: <laughs> to an audience that's so it's that's so small and so niche instead of figure may, you can still do that but how about yeah the rest of the world that were that's right in your backyard. Yeah. You know?
4: Yeah, the actual people who are there in your community. Mm-hmm. Right. It's all sort of like turned into signalling elitism or signaling cachet mm-hmm. yeah. by like mm-hmm. getting the debut of the Right, right. Bulgarian yeah. soprano in atlanta like who
1: cares <laughs> right or even like you know we we kind of talked about this in our last episode of the podcast with zachary james of like this weird thing that happens with regional companies we're like oh well metropolitan opera star even if they were like the third cover of the tiniest mm-hmm. role yeah in a giant ensemble opera like having that name on your resume t- is somehow like super appealing to opera companies yeah but i agree that there's like a disconnect like most consumers aren't going to be like, ooh, they were at the Mets, mm-hmm. so let us now go see this. Like, yeah. that recognition doesn't exist anymore yeah. as a brand, per se, for them. Yeah.
4: Which, I mean, in my opinion, is the Mets' fault. <laughs> or not. Yeah, I mean, they have some. Yeah, yeah. You know, know. They could do better brand building for themselves, too.
0: Definitely. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. it seems like from what we're saying, like, we've been, opera as an industry has been focusing a lot on the prestige and the, like, grandiose factor and not, and it's like, it's not enticing younger audiences. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. only enticing people that kind of already have a certain knowledge Yeah, for the art.
4: I think that makes, but you know, the way that it's all structured, I, I feel like I sound very cynical when I say this, but it's, that makes sense because it's structured like a charity, like yeah. the donor models, you know, six old people with money keep it afloat Mm -hmm. you know it's not competing in a free market like uh, like musicals do it's uh, or plays it's it's not making money ever it's just convincing like the person who invested right in 1925 to give you enough to scrape by this calendar year yeah yeah and I think opera I I mean uh, one thing we said a lot early on was like opera deserves better than this Mm -hmm. it deserves better than what how it's portrayed in the media, how it's portrayed to people, and communicated to people, and
1: yeah, totally right. I agree. So you came
0: up with this op culture. <laughs> Tell us about op culture and
2: what it is. Um, well, <laughs> I personally love the story of like because we had this whiteboard in this cabin, and we were trying to come up with <laughs> names of things and everything, and we had so many ideas written on this whiteboard, it was covered. And one day, Joseph just comes from comes home from tennis, and is like. What about, op culture? <laughs> and it was like, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's like can, pop culture. I love how
0: you're explaining, as I feel like I can see you all in the
2: cabin. I don't know why. It's, just... <laughs> it's visceral. It's visceral.
3: Totally.
2: But it's just this idea that it's like, I don't know. This is gonna maybe sound lame, but opera is so cool. Like, it deserves to have, have a place in pop culture. It deserves to be known by everybody. And there it is. Pop culture, op culture, like get the culture of opera being talked about as many people as possible. And Joseph can probably speak more to it, but I, you know, this word of like,
4: Well, I mean, we do it amongst ourselves, right? Like we live op culture. We, we base our decisions in our day, what we listen to in the car, you know, who we're thinking about, who we're listening to, what we're watching on, how we've been trained and exposed to the art and everything like that. And, and So, yeah, we're the people who have the responsibility for communicating why that's so great or cool or interesting to other people. And so part of the mission, obviously, of Osea, as you can tell, it's a multifaceted thing, but (laughs) it is to kind of communicate it in the language of pop culture also. And so we tried to make these like refillable, internet-ready forms based on reference points that are in pop culture Mm -hmm. like based on Elle's song association and you know we we took our took our own spin on it and based on like a game show thing we shared a lot early on we had like a document where we would drop links and we'd be like what do you think about this style what do you think about this style and and so our our reference points are all common at this point but they all came from four different people's experience living in the world uh, as a you know, we can't avoid it yeah. now because we're <laughs> <different laughs> age
3: humans.
0: Yeah. Any particular projects like that are coming up that or that you have done that you really felt like did really well?
4: Mm. I've been surprised. I mean, about everything, really. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad I think people like guess that voice. I think it serves a lot of different purposes, and it's, so I think that's sort of a, a prime goal for for us is to to be entertaining, to be semi-educational, to be because what you're watching is you're you're really watching a reaction video, right? And anytime you're watching a reaction video, you can't help but simultaneously judge what you're hearing and simultaneously look at the experience of the person who you are watching reacting and so it's sort of like a, a meta combination of of all of these things happening at once there's an element of competition there's an element of investment there's an element of humor mm-hmm. you know because you see people like i mean yeah personality driven yes people like reggie smith is so brilliant i know, He's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a big friend a great friend of mine for a long time and you know he's just perfect for it because that's that's truly what we do when we hang out. You know, mm-hmm. like I went to his house for dinner and we like sight read bot cantatas on <laughs> YouTube and stuff like that for fun.
0: I saw one of the things that you did where Marcus was like drinking and commenting on stuff. Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> what
2: was the name of that again? What was the name? Drinking. Songs.
0: Yeah, that I was what it was. That drinking
2: was my, songs. Yeah, he has a mustache now, so he's he's very ha. incognito.
0: <laughs> Wait, that was oh, you? Yeah. Oh, that was me, yeah. Oh, my God. For some reason, I, th- I, th- I thought it was uh, Marcus. Oh, my God. No, no That was worries. you. That was uh, so funny. And I think you need to do it for, like, full operas or just, like, yeah. just parties, like, where,
2: yeah. like, like, you were saying. Totally. Like, we,
4: we had this whole, I mean, can we, I don't want to, well, well. If we put it just out, just then say, we like,
2: know we originated it.
4: We have day. to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it's May 10th. <laughs> 2021. So this is our intellectual property. <laughs> we had this idea that was in the cabin that was sort of a big a big seems like a big shoot at the time but now I think we could do it but like a decades party where we went through and we hit like the highlights of the 80s the singers of the 80s the moments the cultural moment touchstone moments and opera of the 80s but like dressed up in 80s clothes and like (laughs) a dinner out of cookbooks published in the 80s and you know what i mean yeah and had like a whole like evening about about that i think that stuff like that could be like totally yeah. fun and weird to watch it makes and me incorporate think of drunk some...
1: history too yeah like yeah yeah, yeah. that's one On of our well i mean it makes me it makes me think of those netflix like this is the 80s this yeah. was the 70s like people love yeah. that i did totally. when i was
4: growing up i used to watch those all the time totally. and, and yeah and-
1: mm-hmm. And you can no, you kind of also do it, but maybe this is a different thing. You
0: can also do it kind of with the characters in the in the opera. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally. What, something
2: and something else. Brilliant. Yeah, we need to call you up for ideas. Um, Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I'm, <brilliant>. I'm ready.
4: <laughs> but, that, but see, that's the thing too. I, this, uh, I mean, just quickly, sorry. Everyone, we all have ideas mm-hmm. like this. Um, yeah. And, and so what, what are we doing? We're waiting for 80-year-old donors to tell us we can do it. Mm, yeah. like, we can't do that anymore.
0: Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: I do not mean to be ageist. I, I, <laughs> I, I, that's just the point of
3: uh.
0: This season is sponsored by The Empowered Musician. The Empowered Musician, founded by Dr. Dana Lynn Varga, helps musicians to forge their own path with pride. Dana is a fierce advocate for singers and a leader in moving the classical vocal industry forward. Through the EM website, you can read Dana's articles, schedule one-on-one career coachings, book Dana for a speaking engagement, or sign up for her upcoming affordable six-class series called Everything You Need to Know About Entrepreneurship for Singers, which starts
1: on April 10th. The Empowered Musician also has incredible artists on staff, offering voice lessons, musicianship lessons, and both dramatic coachings and repertoire diversification sessions for singers. Voice lessons are available for a wide range of ages, levels, and genres, and their highly sought-after teachers are accessible from anywhere in the world through virtual lessons as well as eventually in person in multiple cities. Keep an eye out for additional professional development courses such as acting for singers, body mapping for musicians, intro to jazz singing, and more be sure to check out www.TheEmpoweredMusician.com.
0: No, yeah, no, you guys really, I mean, part of the reason you started it is to take, I mean, a lot of singers, we have these kind of like behind the scenes talks about what we're doing and like oh I guess we're gonna sing to nobody tonight but I mean <laughs> whatever I'm still getting paid but I don't know how yeah. much longer this can last like we're yeah. like yeah. We're smart enough to know like what's going on to a degree and
3: yeah um
0: you know having the opportunity to take things into your own hands is is really good and I I I think the more of us that do that you know there's only one other company that i can think of and i was one that was one thing i wanted to ask you like if there's other people that you know like what's what have you seen from digging into this but you know 360 of opera is creating a a really great culture but other than that so far you guys are the only people i've really seen that are like Mm -hmm. kind of hitting on the culture of opera not not just
2: working on their project to make it accessible you know yeah we huge fans of 360 we've done they facilitated our most recent like ticket giveaway which was so much fun and it's just like yeah bring more people in more people the more people who are talking about it the more people who know about that post who are talking about that funny thing that happened or that awesome high note or this or that it's like Yeah, you know there are certain Instagram accounts that are dedicated to like certain like highlight moments which I think is is pretty cool you know just like shareable memeable things and that's what we want to see more of and like foster and just like get show it like that's that whole accessibility thing is like right don't just like say like we want it to be accessible but like actually make it accessible by actually having it show up everywhere and like That's what access means to me. Right.
4: And being honest, I mean, and without the fear of, like, a company approval. Sure, an opera company might put a camera in your face and say, like, what do you think about our production? But you can't say anything but, like, this is a wonderful opportunity to work with the director. of," (laughs) You know, and and that's not real. That's, you know, everything also, well, Twitter. (laughs) Everything is content, right? And so, like, eventually I envision you know, it's like creating a celebrity culture around it too, where you're like, this is what crazy Anna Nechubko posted on Instagram this week. You know what I mean? Like, there's like a,
3: right. a weekly review
4: of like right. what opera singers are thinking about what's in the news. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it's sort of like an infinite pool if yeah. you can get people to.
0: Yeah. And that's tear. why the culture right. thing is so important to not attach it to the project or the show or company. Yeah. And I, I really think it's an important step in the right direction because I feel that, you know, we've we've been doing this podcast now for a while and we meet so many cool people and we meet so many people too that like want this, these changes and like mm-hmm. try things on their own and at least like, you know, have some kind of impetus and, but we're still really
1: disjointed. Yeah. And that's because it's every man for himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, what's really interesting to kind of hear you guys talking about all of this is it's actually reminding me of a book that I read called The Gilded Stage, which is essentially a history of opera, but it's not a history of opera. It's a history of the cultural. It's the cultural history of opera, a book you guys should definitely read. And one of the things, the huge takeaway I got from that book and what I'm hearing you guys talk about now is just like how in the past, like opera was about the cult of the personalities Yeah, you know like everyone cared what this opera singer said right. or did like their names had power the their life had power you know, like it meant something to the common people you know and it's like it goes back to what you were saying about susan boyle right like i don't think that the attraction of people to a singer like susan boyle is that we've been told that her voice is nice
3: yeah.
1: right it's that we know her story american idol takes us along for the journey of this person's life, getting them to the stage so that by the time she opens her mouth, we have a personal Mm -hmm. connection to her, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And so then it's just like, and then she opens her mouth and this beautiful sound comes out. We're already moved by her. Our hearts are open Mm -hmm. to her. And so then she can touch us in the way that only the human voice can. You know, it's like, how do we, you know, get back to Mm -hmm. that? And I think that the work that you guys are doing to try to just like, like let's push the the walls of this box open and experiment with stuff to figure out how to get back there is is really the way forward. I completely agree with you. I'm going to read that book.
2: Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if certain companies cuz I see some some companies like really celebrating their young artists or their artists and like really you know, Merrill is one that comes to mind just because I was rec- I recently mm-hmm. did it, and and I see how they draw focus and they get their donors to support so much. I mean, more than the San Francisco Opera. You know, they have this like crazy community that cares so much. And sometimes I wonder, like, if some companies see it as a threat to give so much credence and to the power of the artists themselves, because then the artist leaves and moves to another company, and what happens to the company? I I don't know what why there's this. Move away from celebrating the artist as a distinct entity. It's it's interesting, yeah. yeah.
4: I don't. Opera's so hard. It's so hard. There's so many moving pieces, and that's something that also a lot of people don't understand. You know, and what I always tell people who don't, who've never seen an opera, like there has got to be something in your field of vision or hearing that you appreciate in the moment, like you know, so much money went into this, so much time went into this, like artisans worked on the sets, you know, like directors, singers, whatever, Yeah. across the board, so many people are making this happen. Designers. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, I don't know, I feel like that needs to be shown in a way that is Yeah. I mean, that's part of the culture too. Mm -hmm. Well, with
0: the Susan Boyle thing, there was a little bit of like an element of surprise too. And like talk about this talent and there's not a whole lot, like we know all the things that go into an opera, but I mean, we're always constantly trying to make it look easier and look real Mm -hmm. and look Mm -hmm. authentic. And it's about the story, but I don't get the story. And is this guy like a rapist or what?
3: Like I'm (laughs) out, like
0: I'm I'm out. (laughs) <laughs> we need to like be like explaining what that means and why we should care about it like
4: totally but it's a little bit totally that's a really good point it's a little bit like culturally safer as a sport too yeah. if you know that, like the duke of mantua has to do this and has to sing the high c after this you yeah. know in this frame of mind like that's a safer way to communicate it rather than like, oh, he must
3: really
0: want to. <laughs> I have <read." laughs> another
1: idea that you have to do. I have another
0: idea that you're probably not going to be able to do, but it would be hilarious. To no, go give into- it, give go it. Go into a theater and watch the, um, and watch or like do it as a baseball game. So you're watching it and you're like, and he's about to go into yes. the lairs. <laughs> like, yeah. And yes. he's open. oh, is he going to get that high seat? Oh, <laughs>
4: <laughs> Absolutely, that is such a good idea. Like, we totally, oh my god, we have all this like down. We have the, the problem. Is I'm clapping
0: you know, with OCM. I'm, I'm doing it. it. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Let's do a sports desk, but let's do it live. Let's do it live. Oh, oh my god, god. you know, I love
0: that. I love that. We have to
4: talk about it like that. And there's no point in pretending like everyone's perfect or it's yeah,
2: gonna come no. out. Perfectly. Yeah, that's the excitement, is if it fails, right? Like. That's ten yep.
0: times better. The excitement is the tightrope walk. Yep. I remember when Eugenia came on our <laughs> podcast and we were talking about opera, and and she was like, "You, you, my favorite thing is like that. I watch it, and like people might fuck up, like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, She probably didn't oh, yeah. say it like that because right. I'm a little more vulgar, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, but.
2: And oh. yeah, so one of the things that I think about a lot is like this idea that uh, you know this has come up with the conversation of NFTs non-fungible tokens and everything. And, you know, we've talked about it a lot amongst ourselves, but like, there's this idea that NFTs get right, which is like taking a picture of like if a million people taking a picture of the Mona Lisa only increases the value of the Mona Lisa itself and like we have to start viewing these productions and the orchestra you know there's all these rules as to like how we can share the content and like only 30 seconds and even that is like really sticky and it's like no we need to get it out there as much as possible or nobody's gonna know like yeah. what that horn solo is supposed to sound like or what that are you know it's like it needs to be out there as in as many ways as possible so like I really think that there's it needs to be a whole shift in the, in the way that we think about totally. protecting this stuff and like your idea is oh, amazing with the announcer but like we have to allow that to be done live you know that's and- right you're
0: absolutely right i didn't even think about that and that's right. like terrible
1: mm-hmm. right you I know mean, because we're, we're caught in this opera's caught in this terrible bind of right the the talking heads at the board at the board of directors are all like we need to make opera accessible dah, 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 dah. but we also have to be able to monetize it because we're not well funded and so like then we yeah. have to like scroll it away in such a way that well you have to buy a ticket at some point even if it's even if it's just for a yeah. dollar so that then it's not just on the internet for free and it's like <laughs> but you're absolutely right like opera's not gonna go viral if it's behind a mm-hmm. paywall
0: yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah
1: totally 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 totally
2: <laughs>
0: that's a big belief i i also wanted to ask you about like digital content that, that others are making and I mean, it's it's definitely been interesting to see. It's been awesome, really, in a lot of ways, how many companies have come out and started making digital operas and trying this whole thing.
1: Well, but I mean, there's, but there's like, right, there's a lot of, there's there's good content and there's yes, bad content. Yeah. And like, it's been, for me, it's been really interesting. As somebody who has started their own company in a pandemic and is making digital opera or digital art song recital. You know, like it's been interesting to see kind of like what the separation is between the people doing digital stuff who like are successful Mm -hmm. and like capture something really like fundamentally exciting in their art, in that process of making digital whatever versus the people that kind of, it's okay, right? but you're like, "Mm, I probably won't pay to see that Mm -hmm. again. You know, and to me, it's to me that that that, and I'd be curious to know what you guys think is like, to me, the separation is the people who are a little less successful are the ones who kind of are like, well, we're going to present it as we normally would and just put a camera on it versus the people who are like, well, wait, we have a new medium and now we get to do tons of stuff and we're going to be scrappy and we have no budget, but we're going to like see what we can do with Mm -hmm. an iPhone camera. Yeah,
4: totally. That's dead on. I mean, I think I think there's a time and a place for the capture of live performance but also like live and HD has been doing that better than you can do it for exactly. 15 years you know
3: yeah. right, right,
4: so that's hard to compete with right. but i don't know it i another thing that went through my mind when you were saying that is it, it's hard to know what the what the magic is and the magic is somewhere between all of the interplay of everything that's happening in in a in a live space in a performance i am a person who does think that fundamentally opera should be heard live yeah. i don't think it's reality that it can only be heard live i think we have to find a way to really communicate it well digitally yeah and in quality
3: right form right.
4: but yeah. yeah that's not the magic the magic of it, it just the thing happening the magic of it goes back to what we're talking about goes back to the personality of the people and the mindset of the people and the people who do it and and the culture around it and how much they care about it and
2: and that will only enhance the experience of going to the live show itself and like Increase knowledge right. and increase excitement and everything. So it's like breaking it up into digestible forms. I'm not saying I ever want to see like five minute opera. You know, I just want to have five minutes of something that's going to enhance my experience when I do pay that fifty dollars or one
1: hundred fifty dollars
2: right, right. to go see whatever it is. Exactly. Right. Exactly.
1: Well, I mean, it's like you think. I just think about you know. There's that clip of Mirada Flint Fren- franey singing padina from 1964, and like you cannot take your eyes off the screen because her performance is so compelling you know and it's just like and this is shitty microphones Damn. bad video yeah. capture but like there's something so intrinsically compelling about her performance and i watched that video before i knew anything mm-hmm. about opera and it was just like my breath was taken away and i was like i need to know how to do that yeah, yeah. while at the same time knowing that like i miss being in a theater and feeling in my bones the way that a voice in an orchestra moves mm-hmm. through your body, mm-hmm. you know. So there's like different kinds of magic. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But I think they ha- like they can coexist. It's just I don't know. Like capturing the imagination of the people watching, I think is is really what yeah. it's about. Yeah. It doesn't take very many minutes to to
2: capture that, you know. Like I I sing opera, but yeah, I can't. <laughs> but like I sing opera because I saw a performance, you know, when I was in high school of Diana Damrau, Covent Garden, Queen of the Night, like that is forever like mm-hmm. the thing that changed my mind as to like what
1: i was going to do with my mm-hmm. life so yeah thanks Anna Damral. <laughs> yeah for me it was for me it was that mm-hmm. prendi recording yeah
4: i think we all have those touchstones you know in our in our own lives and that's one of the reasons why we decided to like sort of be based on youtube because that's where I, as young singers in school and stuff like that, like, we'd be like, holy shit, have you heard this? Like, how is this happening? How has this ever happened? And especially Mm -hmm. now, I mean, you know, we have the benefit of looking back through so many generations and so many iterations of technology. It's like almost its own fun thing to see, you know, the black and white recordings of, (laughs) you know, stuff like that. It's, 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 yeah, it's, really it's endless. It really is endless. And that's, it's hard to Hard to communicate that to people, yeah. but arguably it's the reason why pop culture exists anyway. Mm-hmm. That's you know, like you were talking about the opera houses, you know, and the culture and the uh, and the names earlier. That's the father, or whatever, or parent of celebrity culture, mm-hmm. of theater, of which became television, which became you know, blah 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 blah. blah. So like, we're dealing with the in an original old. Thing yeah. that informs everything that we see today. Yeah. Like everything. Drag queens,
3: <laughs> everything,
2: you know? <laughs> to name mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm.
4: Yes. Yeah, sorry. Drag queens are just always like right here. In the <laughs> right. Just at the top of my head. <laughs> but uh, I do have an idea for that, actually. I'm putting together a drag queen or opera headshot. Uh, yeah. Like
2: those- <laughs> yes. Yes. I was just going to say to answer your question about like, you know i think you'd ask like what successful content have we seen that's out there oh, like yeah. that that paywall situation for me it's like i have not paid a single dollar to see anything on the internet and i like i cannot fathom doing that like i don't even pay for netflix or hbo like i don't even know who owns my hbo account like i just log in with some info and that's like where my mindset is so i know that like <laughs> a few people are paying for these things but i don't think you're going to continue to get people right. to pay for this stuff and it's like i know i've missed something like what is it the soldier's tale soldier song sorry Mr. Minsky is just always in my mind well um, because you yeah, know what's funny.
0: netflix doesn't care and that you don't pay you still can probably consume netflix mm-hmm. and like they are they are focused on like world domination yeah. not not like you better you you like movies come over here like exactly it's about it's about like getting your name out and just getting it's about content I mean it's
1: I mean the only thing I've paid to see in the pandemic was Beth Morrison projects modulation and you know what they did a good job some people
0: like every every singer has probably been like maybe seen maybe seen nothing maybe seen like one two things but you know what it would have been you you know it would have been, not to like say it wasn't good or whatever, but like share your Netflix account. Share your freaking, mm-hmm. share the video. Like yeah. this was so good. I, I, right. I know you don't want to pay for it. Just watch it. Like Get yeah, people
4: yeah.
2: talking about right. it. Hype it up. Like
4: yeah.
2: right. people will come that, and watch.
4: It exists in, I mean, for sure it's a legal, legal gray area, but like I am like on all like weird Russian sites where all the pirate things oh, happen, right. you know? And you see any broadcast of anything opera related gets uploaded within a couple of days to this like thing. and I'm like, oh, I hope I don't get like hacked today, <laughs> but right, that's worth it enough for me to like see what
3: see it, yeah. yeah.
4: Sonia Yoncheva's you know latest outfit is for whatever yeah. I don't know
1: Big I Yoncheva agree I over agree here. yeah I mean it's tough it's tough I mean it's tough as performers in the pandemic I will say like I watched BMP's project mostly because one I did their producer academy and like love everything she Mm -hmm. does. And like was like, I want ideas for my own project, So I'm like watching it kind of in a self preserving way of like, Oh, how did they do this? I want to see so I can try to figure it out. But like, I don't know if anyone else had this experience, like when Hamilton was on Disney plus in November, I couldn't watch. I watched like the first 10 minutes and then I couldn't watch anymore because I was in Mm -hmm. tears too much. I was just so overwhelmed with how much I miss. I miss doing my job. Yeah. Yeah. And like in that particular recording, like captured so well, like the feel of having an audience in the room and that exchange of that energy. And I was just like a mess. I was like, "Honey, I can't watch this with you. Like, I'm really sorry. Like, I'm, like, I'm, yeah. I miss it too much. Yeah. Like, it hurts too much to watch yeah. stuff. It'll be interesting
0: to see how how digital opera continues to grow because there is a component that a lot of this thing was these things were started when in such an out of such necessity you know and and that whole like paywall thing is like well i have no money so like i have to like can like you know and
3: yeah hopefully it continues
1: to grow and it can give us it can give us an access to a bigger audience than we ever dreamed imaginable yeah. I mean, I just think about our first project with Prismatic, and like, we had people from all over the country watching Mm -hmm. our show. Which, like, if we had done it live, wouldn't have happened.
4: No, it's true. The the possibilities.
1: The internet. I mean, (laughs) yeah,
4: that's sort of the void of it all. The possibilities, like, staring us all in the face. Like, Mm -hmm. we all sort of have the tools on our, from our iPhones to our professional cameras, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, to to be participating in this global cultural dialogue about like what's happening Mm. and yeah we sort of have to it's scary like you know like we i I think the pandemic was a really good like insulation for us because we were like well i mean maybe we'll never work again so like fuck it like let's put it out there you know and i think we all had some personal things to get over with like saying i guess i'm a youtube personality now <laughs> like, that's right, a weird right, thing right. to think about you right. know and, but just like nah yeah, yeah get over yourself mm-hmm. and yeah. it, if you want people to watch it you, then you have to make something for them to
1: watch <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right right how like it's almost like we need to lean it like the internet is scary but like can we lean mm-hmm. into that rather than pushing away from it yeah and you know remind ourselves that ultimately to use a word <laughs> as artists yeah right like ultimately what we're here to do is to give is mm-hmm. to give yeah and like we have to be open to that gift like the giving of the thing that we do so that people can enjoy it because without an audience what are we singing for
4: that's totally true totally but I, I and it's sort of i wonder about i mean just to go a little bit deeper in that is like giving we can't give on only our terms either mm-hmm. like we have to give on the terms of the people who are supposedly enjoying and supposedly consuming it.
3: Like what like, do they want? So we have a
4: responsibility, yeah, right. to to not be to not look somebody in the face who's like, I really love Phantom of the Opera and say like, oh, you know, in their face. Like mm-hmm. that that sucks mm-hmm. of us to right. do that. Mm-hmm. You know, that because sucks that's so, so close. Those yeah. things are yeah. so close. You're all you're almost there. You really are.
3: <laughs> I
1: love
4: that. Like and <laughs> Like, that I don't sucks know. of us. It
3: does.
1: <laughs> it does. It does. Like, how dare, but also, like, how dare we invalidate someone's emotional connection, you know, to something that clearly, like, moved mm-hmm. them in a way. Like, how dare we? Totally. I know.
2: I owe my mom, like, a ton of apologies.
1: i mean i I can never. that's i have never ever been able to say anything about phantom of the opera like i always get like pissed off at people that rag on it because phantom of the opera was the first like musical i'd ever seen live i saw it on broadway and i came home from that show at 18 and i was like i how do i get to Mm -hmm. do this too and i found my nearest community theater and i got involved and then that's what got me into opera ultimately so it's like I that show was my gateway. Mm-hmm, yeah. Absolutely. I mean and that can be it's almost like a different culture.
0: Like you're there there is a little bit of a, a mixed or a confusion I think among opera people that are doing culture especially like sometimes it's really just catered to singers. It's not mm-hmm. really catered mm-hmm. like you're doing and I I think they may or may not each individual person may or may not realize that, but like those memes yeah. are funny, like to me, because I'm a singer and I think right. it, like I'm not saying I'm, I'm not going to laugh at someone in their face, hopefully, but <laughs> I mean, but also maybe one day we can have a big enough culture and people that know what opera is enough that they can laugh about that too. Like-
2: exactly. That's the dream. That's the dream
4: yeah it's just people making like having the ability to make informed decisions about how they're spending their free time and their like entertainment attention spans i did want to
0: ask you guys like as a last question is there any particular content or any like ideas or tips that you have as individual artists for people listening like to engage audiences the audiences they have and audiences they want like is there any particular content that you think is like, we need more of this or any concepts or ideas, like just try this for individual artists?
2: All four of us probably have different answers to this question just because we all are different people. But for me, like what I've found super interesting is like just talking about the things that we love, like has been so engaging. Like, you know, I did this one, They we made this video, the obsessions, which is just this, Joseph's original idea, just like talking about this thing that you love, that you're obsessed with and why. And like, it's been so interesting, like going throughout the world after I've made this video and just like people talking to me about this video and this thing that I love and this like hyper personal thing, and they're connected to that and like seeing where those connections are. So I think the more personal you can make any of your content, the more real, the more vulnerable, the more like accurate it's like that's going to connect to somebody and just trust that like you're not alone and that would be my answer plus like you can learn anything on YouTube like if you want to learn how to make this video if you want to learn how to make a TikTok if you want to learn how to set up your lighting so that your face doesn't look deformed like it's all on YouTube and like it's this amazing free resource that we all have access to and most people probably know that but like Osea would not have been possible without YouTube. So, thanks YouTube. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I'd be interested yeah, in to totally hear Joseph's true. answer.
4: No, I think that's a great answer, and yeah, if, oh, uh, something I think about a lot is just points of connection, and I think the, the more you can offer points of connection to people, the better. And like, you know, I, we, we showed our first video to my aunt and uncle. My aunt and uncle were in Rivard, and and so. I think it was a, it was a questionnaire of Alyssa and it was just her talking about like her life. It wasn't like, what is your favorite opera role? Mm -hmm. It was just like, what scent are you wearing right now? You know? And she was like, I have this like Joe Malone perfume. And the first thing that happened was like, my aunt was like, I have that in my purse right now. You know? And like, that's, that's what you need. You need that point of personal connection, anything. It doesn't matter what it is. So I think the, the advice is like, be a human. Don't do the thing where you're copying the version of the video of the raft dress audition. You know, mm-hmm. like be a, a person.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And it, it is hard. And it's going to be, I think there's going to be trying and failing for a long time with like what we all put out there. And I think already there's some bad versions of people trying to be authentic on the <laughs> internet and stuff like that too. But it's all just, I don't know. It's all just learning curve. And it's all just experiment. Yeah. And that's a, I, that's a, I, that is a very privileged way to think about it probably as an experiment, but it's something that I, now that I have a little bit of a career behind me and a little bit of a, a nest egg or whatever to, to rest on, I try to think of as much as possible singing, performing this, creating as experimental. Right.
0: And right. Definitely. Being given that opportunity, it's a privilege, but it's also part
1: of, like, growing and making, and making art. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think fundamentally, culturally, like, within the opera community, a thing that we've lost sight of, I always think about the Ira Glass, like, little mini speech where he's like, you know, ultimately, you become an artist because you have good taste but like there's, it's going to be a long time before your abilities as an artist oh, or whatever yeah. medium you're working in are going to catch up to your taste and like what it is that you have a vision of as an artist. And like, and in opera as students, like so many of us are told like, wait till you're perfect. Wait till you have the perfect package. Wait till your high C's perfect. Like mm-hmm. don't do the thing. Don't show up and mess up. You know, like we've, we've c- cultivated this culture of like, if you mess up, you're going to mm-hmm. get blacklisted. Yeah. But like I, Joseph, I'm with you. Like I don't have much of a career, like I'm not a name that anyone knows, but I'm in the same boat I'm like, like we need to get back to a place where it is all an experiment, even in our, so how we do our social media, like we're going to mess it up. And like, but that's part of the process of learning how to get better and figuring out who your audience is, what they need from you, what you can give them. That's what Osea is like, it's an experiment and like, you know,
2: come watch us like experiment and fall like Flat on our faces and mess up and, you know, it's and like, hate it. Yeah. And hate like, it. Yeah.
4: Please, please hate it. I like would love it if you hate Write it. Like, comments. that's so great. That's <laughs> right. such a powerful way, right. but it's such a powerful way of engaging. That means, you know, I, I encourage people to be you negative about opinion. it. Exactly. All the time. It means
1: you had an opinion. <laughs> Lean into the
4: negativity. I love hearing what people hate about a show or, you know, they're like, God, that was long and
1: boring.
2: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <You
4: know>? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like,
3: I don't but know. But that's what,
2: like, with these comments part of on it. YouTube like we love like responding and hearing what people have to say and it's like you know (laughs) the things that these you know random people from across the world like will connect with one of our videos it's like and and they'll have a story to tell us and it's like oh my gosh like people's lives are so rich and like i don't know there's just so much out there
3: someone
4: sent us a message about fuck is fake (laughs) Alyssa, i mean she's hilarious right and so yeah and and (laughs) someone like I don't even, it was like through a DM on Instagram or something, but it was a response to too. a video that she made about Fox. And it, all it said was foolish ignorance. <laughs> and I was like, amazing. Like, that's totally, like, we all need to just be foolish and ignorant, <laughs> foolishly ignorant about like what we're putting out into the world. Like that's what culture is.
3: Yeah, just exactly. mm-hmm. Oh,
2: like i seek out posting our stuff on like all these forums on reddit just to like get the most trolliest troll you know responses <laughs> and we do get them but some people love it and they like <sighs> can't wait to watch more and then subscribe yeah. so you know that's great That's
0: amazing. well thank you guys so much for talking with us there's so many ideas and things and i want to watch like all the videos that I haven't watched yet already. We'll definitely
2: be calling me you too.
1: up too, by the way. <laughs> Let me you know if you ever need an idea.
4: Totally. Oh my gosh.
1: Elise is full of ideas.
4: That's I, great. I we are idea. too. Like, Mother's Day just passed, and I was like, why did we not have, like, a BuzzFeed, like, top
1: ten, like, worst
4: mothers in Holy <laughs> opera? <laughs> like, those.
1: Because there's so many bad moms. Yeah, how did we... That would have been good. I mean, we can do it for dads, like, let's, let's, yeah, we'll let's unmark all the, yeah. the dads down a pay. That's
4: true. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> the moms have a hard enough time. That's already. true.
4: That's true. They don't need that. They don't need our, our, uh, scorn. Yeah. Oh. Maybe the queen of the night could take it.
1: Yeah oh man oh man what thanks reason. guys she'd probably be proud of it
4: she was yeah. she was She was negativity
1: <laughs> thank you so much for coming on and talking with yeah. us
4: thank you guys it was
1: so good to have you guys Yay. talk
4: soon
0: that's it for today this podcast was created for all the opera singers out there getting shit done
1: so keep on keeping on people if you enjoy our podcast, please rate and review it to help spread the word. You can also support the podcast through Patreon, where you can get early access to episodes, merchandise discounts, workshops and resources, and ad free episodes. And you did hear
0: that right, people. We now have merch. Find out more about all of this at
1: mysocalledoperlife.com. Still can't get enough of us and want to add your voice to the conversation? Join us for our weekly coffee chats every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern on Instagram Live at MSCOL Podcast. This podcast is produced and hosted by Elise Mark
0: and Marcel McGurk and edited by Joshua Wise. Questions or comments? Email us
1: at info at my dot operalife.com. We are glad to have the Sparkle Twins back as sponsors for season three. Sharice and Sharicia Williams are identical twin sopranos from Brooklyn, New York. Their business offers mouth masks to protect you from unwanted germs and conversations with cute phrases like, yes, I am an opera singer. And no, I
0: will not sing for you. Check out their shop at www.Sopranotwins.com slash shop.